This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the Sentinel Fort in Pistown, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. It's another one of those episodes where we have bonus content coming up at the end of it for subscribers. We talk to Canadian Karen Geyer. We uh, bring up the blackface scandal, talk about the upcoming elections. Another fun interview that you're going to need to become a subscriber to listen to. It's really easy. Go to patreon.com slash district sentinel sign up. While you're there, get your garbage can nominees in. Tomorrow, we're doing our subscriber only episode of the garbage can. So make sure you get your, your nominees in tonight. Voting opens tomorrow morning got a packed newscast let's get to it it's thursday september 26th 2019 here's the news this morning the house intelligence committee released a mostly unredacted version of the intelligence whistleblower complaint about trump ukraine hunter biden gate or whatever we're calling it the author claimed if we just take the first letters it's like tubgate (laughs) tubgate tubgate Sure, let's go with that. I like that. Trump, Ukraine, Biden gate, Tubgate. Tubgate. Anyway, the Tubgate complaint author claimed no firsthand knowledge personally, but backed up the allegations with public reports and said multiple White House officials briefed him on the matter. And just before uh, we started recording, actually, the New York Times reported that the whistleblower is a CIA agent. Yeah, working... I think with the White House. Working with the White House. In other words, uh, it sounds like numerous people close to the president are definitely betraying him, which may be why he has sounded like shit in recent speeches. Here was the president yesterday, for example, in New York. We uh, think we'll make this little announcement to you because important, uh, you know, the so-called whistleblower, the one that didn't have any first class or first rate or uh, second tier information from what I understand. You'll have to figure that out for yourself. Very low energy. Yeah. He usually has a lot more joie de vivre when he's going after his enemies, but he just sounds uh, very defeated. Also, uh, Secretary of Commerce Wilbur Ross evidently fell asleep during Trump's speech before the U.N., on Tuesday, there is video footage of Ross not, I don't know if nodding off. No, you blame, don't think so? I don't know if we can blame Trump's low energy for that. Wilbur Ross is just kind of a sleepy old dude. He is an old dude, but... I'm sure he falls... There should just be a Wilbur Ross cam on all speeches he attends, because <laughs> I'm guaranteeing he's falling asleep in most of them. Probably, but if you did watch snippets of the speech, it was it was similarly low energy. It was low energy. Anyway, what we can figure out for ourselves, as the president asked, is that the whistleblower cites testimony of, quote, half a dozen U.S. officials, including, quote, multiple White House officials. Using that, the complaint outlines a timeline of Trump and surrogates trying to pressure Ukrainian officials to prosecute Hunter Biden. It alleges involvement by Attorney General William Barr and Rudy Giuliani, the president's personal lawyer. The latter is described as a central figure And uh, quite comically, allegedly traveled all around Europe to pressure Ukrainian law enforcement to investigate the Bidens. Not only that, there's evidence the White House knew they were doing something fucked up and 
tried to immediately hide it. The whistleblower notes that in the days after this call in question with the president of Ukraine, the White House tried to, quote, lock down all records of the call. They alleged that the White House officials directed that the electronic transcript of the call be removed from a computer storage system used to store those sort of communications so that cabinet officials can reference them. Instead, the transcript was moved to a separate electronic system managed by the intelligence community meant for highly sensitive and classified material. This is kind of important because Trump is openly talking about what he said to the Ukrainian president like it's no big deal. But his own White House realized it's a big enough deal to take extra measures to keep untraceable. Now, this all supposedly started because of The Hill a sometimes useful slash often shitty Washington newspaper in March as Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko was losing his re-election bid, one of his top appointed prosecutors gave a video interview to the outlet. Yuri Lutsenko told The Hill that Democrats and Ukrainian officials had interfered in the 2016 U.S. presidential election, also that the U.S. ambassador had circulated a do-not-prosecute list to Ukrainian officials stopping them from doing anything at the time about this alleged uh, DNC slash Ukrainian interference, which uh, I don't know how it necessarily benefited the Democrats. Of note, Lutsenko was set to be replaced by the guy who was beating his boss at the time, current President Volodymyr Zelensky. In other words, the timing of the allegations were clearly suspect, if nothing else, and the allegations themselves were convoluted and sketchy, too. I mean, of course, the U.S. government does terrible shit, but usually likes to avoid making it obvious like a do not prosecute list in writing. So, of course, Rudy Giuliani's dumbass ran with the story to Ukrainian officials, allegedly all over Europe, allegedly to the point where State Department officials were begging him to stop. And so here we are today. Yes, here we are. And the next step for Democrats in Congress was to call up the guy who first received the inspector general's whistleblower complaint and decided to not immediately report it to Congress. That would be acting director of national intelligence, Joseph McGuire, who first received that complaint in late August. Now, the law requires the DNI to turn over to Congress whistleblower complaints that are deemed to be credible and urgent within seven days. Now, in this case, the inspector general certified that this was indeed a credible and urgent complaint, but McGuire did not turn it over to Congress. And he was grilled by Democrats on the panel who accused him of violating the law by first going to the White House with the complaint, even though the president was the subject of the complaint, and also going to the Department of Justice with the complaint, even though the attorney general was also a subject of the complaint. Here was McGuire explaining why he went to the White House first. It also had matters of executive privilege. I am not authorized as the director of national intelligence to waive executive privilege. And at any time, at any time over the last month that you held this complaint, did the White House assert executive privilege? Mr. Chairman, I have endeavored. I think that's a yes or no question. Did they ever assert executive privilege? They were working through the executive privilege pro procedures in deciding whether or not to exert executive privilege. And so it, they, they, they never exerted executive privilege. Is that the answer? The, if, Mr. Chairman, if they did, we would not have released the letters yesterday and all the information that has been forthcoming. 
So it's up to you whether or not you buy this claim from McGuire that he was genuinely concerned about executive privilege or if he was just slow walking this for a White House that, as I mentioned above, had already taken precautions to lock down this phone call, which is central to the complaint. And even if this was a genuine concern of McGuire's, it's a pretty big fucking loophole in the law if he, if the complaint concerns the president that he has to take it to the president first because by nature of it concerning the president, it might contain executive privilege. <laughs> Anyways, McGuire also accepted the Department of Justice's Office of Legal Counsel guidance that the complaint wasn't urgent in nature and thus didn't need to be reported to Congress, even though McGuire's inspector general who compiled the report disagreed with the DOJ's opinion. The DOJ headed, of course, again, by Bill Barr, who is implicated in the complaint. McGuire did admit to lawmakers that this was a whistleblower complaint unprecedented in nature, which uh, maybe was his way of sort of explaining why he might have fucked up here. It is true, though, that some of McGuire's testimony will likely further dampen the president's mood. Although Trump has tried to cast the whistleblower as a political hack, McGuire said he agreed with the IG's conclusions that the whistleblower was credible and that the whistleblower and the IG did all the right things in reporting these concerns. This is the first witness of likely many in this affair. The whistleblower himself is expected to testify soon. You have to imagine that Bill Barr, perhaps even Rudy Giuliani, could get requests soon as well. At what point does uh, does Rudy Giuliani lose his uh, lose the, the client attorney privilege gone, just like it was for Michael Cohen? I don't know, but watching Rudy Giuliani's latest TV appearances, I think he might go the way of the president and just like drop dead before any of this is resolved. Something to keep an eye on as President Trump is mired in scandal at home, the possibility of him escalating shit abroad in response to his domestic problems. Maybe that's not what's going on here, but it sure does seem like it could be. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is set to accuse the Syrian government of once again using chemical weapons, this time in a May 19th rocket attack on targets in Latakia province. Britain and France are also expected to issue statements. And when have they ever had less than pure intentions in the Middle East? According to the journal, the incident involved chlorine gas. Four people were wounded. Fellow millennials might recall that on August 17th, 1998, then-President Bill Clinton gave a televised address admitting to his affair with former White House intern Monica Lewinsky. Three days later, the president gave another such address, although this one was about U.S. cruise missile strikes against targets in Sudan and Afghanistan. Clinton said the attacks were a response to the al-Qaeda bombings of two U.S. embassies in Kenya and Tanzania, U.S. officials had claimed targets in Sudan were producing chemical weapons, VX nerve gas. It turned out to be a medicine factory. Not saying Clinton launched these airstrikes only because of the Lewinsky scandal, though it's safe to assume that his judgment may have been somewhat clouded at the time. At the very least, giving him the benefit of the doubt here. Well, they made a movie about this, too. Wag the dog. (laughs) Robert De Niro, Dustin Hoffman. (laughs) Didn't it actually come out before that happened? And it, Did it? it was like this huge coincidence at the time where like it caused brain melt briefly. Wag the Dog came out in 97. 1997. It did come out before December, this. 
damn, it came out like right <laughs> around the same time. Like, well, I mean, before, but the Lewinsky scandal was going yeah. on. It had been going on for like I think uh, about two years at that point. So I think it's a pretty obvious plot line. But still, so the Clinton administration borrowed it from a movie. <laughs> Of course, the Trump administration has already carried out two airstrikes on the Syrian government in response to allegations of chemical weapons use, once in April 2017, once in April 2018. The latter involved British and French forces, too. Recall that the first strike happened during the first months of the Trump administration, and some Washington pundits responded by hailing Trump as finally looking presidential. I do remember that. Finally, just an update on something we haven't mentioned in a bit. We're now in day 11 of the UAW strike, and there are indications that negotiations have intensified and a deal is closer to being struck with GM. UAW Vice President Terry Ditz informed 48,000 striking workers in a letter Wednesday that progress has been made, but talks are ongoing. One of the tactics General Motors used to break the strike, taking away the health insurance of striking workers a week ago, apparently has not worked, and it appears the company is reversing course in a statement GM said it has, quote, chosen to work with providers to keep all benefits fully in place for striking hourly employees so they have no disruption in their medical care. A union strike fund was covering the costs in the interim. Striking GM workers have garnered solidarity around the country in Louisville, fellow UAW members who work at the Ford plant, took part in actions with the GM workers. And in Detroit on Wednesday, Senator Bernie Sanders was marching with striking UAW workers. Hell yeah. That'll do it for the newscast today. Before we go, time to read some poetry for the new subscribers on Patreon. Patreon.com slash District Sentinel. This first one is for David. The top three worst chores. One, laundry. Two, the dishes. Three, taking out trash. Thank you, David. Hard to argue with that list. I don't think so. This is for Paul. New Twitter logo. Pouring poison in your brain. Image Hamlet's dad. (laughs) Thank you, Paul. This is for birthday boy. If humans had tails, would they grow back if cut off? Like the lizard's tail. (laughs) Thank you, birthday boy. This is for Kunal. I love waking up, donning the uniform of the piss factory. Thank you, Kunal. We make all our garbage can interns wear the piss factory uniform. (laughs) This is for Danitza. Erasing the one on number of days since the last mispronounced name. Thank you, Denitza. Finally, this is for Kevin. Popeye's sandwiches. Probably good, but better than grocery store chicken? Probably is. (laughs) Thank you, Kevin. And thank you to all the new subscribers over at patreon.com slash district Sentinel. I'm just saying, you get a lot of bang for your buck on that grocery store you chicken. You definitely do. You definitely do. The show is almost over, but the listener rant line is blinking. Let's hear it. Morning, Alan. Uh, it's Ted Snadwich here. Um, everything, everything sucks. Um, so I'm trying to think about ways to not just uh, enable news and wallow too much. 
Um, so we had a pretty successful plan to win Bernie 2020 house party last weekend, and I was thinking uh, to keep my head in the game and not just, you know, constantly lick my wounds. Uh, the next thing that we're thinking about is having a fundraiser for Michaela Wilkes, who, as you know, is challenging Steny Hoyer for the Democratic Oh, yeah. nomination to the House of Representatives uh, in Maryland District 5. Um, and you had her on the show a few months back. Uh, you know, it was right when Steny said some horrible things at APAC about, if I recall correctly, Elon Omar, that I was just so absurdly fed up with him that I actually found out about her for the first time. So anyhow, we're, uh, we're trying to help. Um, so I was just wondering if maybe since I am in D.C., even though I know you guys are in D.C., so I don't have to be, uh, maybe you would signal boost potentially. Um, so just throwing that out there. And, um, yeah, let me know what you think. We will. Does this count? A signal boost thing? We also had Michaela on our live show uh in dc we absolutely will signal boost michaela can we come to the party (laughs) thanks for the call turd have we hung out with turd snadwich turd snadwich says they live in dc do we know turd i think we have i i don't there are gaps in my memory mine too (laughs) um but yeah we we should hang out we should hang out thanks for the call and uh thanks for your work boosting michaela who hopefully will oust any hoyer Hopefully. Call the rant line 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We'll play it on air. The show ends right now for non-subscribers. If you want to listen to the rest of the episode, head over to patreon.com slash district sentinel and subscribe. You'll also get to listen to tomorrow's garbage can episode two. Otherwise, we're back next week. We're here in DC, so you don't have to be.